I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gonokurnai Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, especially those listening here today. Welcome to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone, a lifestyle podcast that focuses on the outside of our zones as well as the inside of our homes. I'm your host, Alyssa Sutherland, interior designer and entrepreneur. Come with me as I take you on a journey to build the life of your dreams. Hello everyone and welcome back to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone. My mom has decided to start vacuuming as I start recording. Mom, you knew I was coming in here. Anyway, hello guys. Welcome back to the podcast. How are we all going? I feel like it's been a while since I've sat down in the chair and recorded, but it's literally been a week. I've been recording on Saturdays lately, which is, it sounds toxic because I'm always just like, do not overwork yourself, don't hustle, blah, blah. But my weeks have been so jam-packed that to get the time to sit down and record and have come up with the episode of what I'm going to talk about, it's really difficult. So Saturdays have been my little, you know, afternoon ritual to sit down and pump it out. And I'm enjoying it. It's like, you know, I don't have to go and do something. I can be at home and I can have a coffee and sit there, have my incense burning and chat to you guys. So that's what we're up to. But I thought I'm going to give a bit, bit of a life update recap just a bit of what's been going on because I got a bit of feedback from a friend listening the other week and she sort of said my episodes had been getting a little bit broad when I'm talking about stuff and giving examples. I agreed because there was a few things going on that I just couldn't really publicly speak about because they were all just like works in motion and exciting things happening. Whereas now a lot of those things have come to fruition. I can sort of share that. And then I was working through triggers at the time as well. So to me, sharing things was like um, imposter syndrome, like I said in last week's air, but not just that. I felt like not secure enough in talking about it. Whereas now I'm just like, you know what? So when we do go and talk about these things, it's like there's always that fear around, oh, if I tell somebody, like, what if it doesn't end up happening? Or what if something goes wrong? Things going wrong and things not going as you planned, it's actually quite inevitable in most instances in life. And whilst we just have to surrender to that acceptance, then it's just important to to realize that if you talk about things with people and it doesn't end up happening, it's not embarrassing. It's not awkward that you've told them and it hasn't gone through. Just think of it as you've now got that person to support you and they're like gonna they're not gonna say oh lol that's embarrassing they're gonna be like oh I'm so sorry that didn't work out for you but something else is gonna work out for you instead and maybe this is just protecting you from something and you know one day it all makes sense but it's okay I'm, I'm gonna support you and I'm here to watch the best things happen for you and only the people that aren't gonna really support you are gonna be deep dark in the corner being like oh lol I'm so glad that that didn't work out for them like they don't deserve that to happen to them blah 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 only the people that aren't aligned with you are gonna think that so I'm all for sharing your wins, sharing your losses. And that's how we find who our true people are in life. And also just accepting the solitude of not everything is going to work out all the time. And that's okay. Rejection is inevitable. Things going wrong is inevitable. Not everything is smooth sailing. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. (laughs) But in a renovation sense. (laughs) But before that, I thought let's do a little bit of a recap of what's been happening. So what has been happening in my life? Well, I have been working on 
a few different new kind of scopes of work. And if you follow AS Interior, you might have noticed that. So I've been fortunate enough to have done a couple of content creator gigs with some brands, which has been really fun. And it's just given me this new inspiration with my social media because I felt like I was almost getting into a little bit of a rut with it and not sure, not sure what I really wanted to be creating. And a lot of the time when I'm working, working with a client, like a lot of the stuff we're doing is quite confidential. It's hard to share behind the scenes stuff, which I can relate to now when I hear other people struggle with that. It's like, yeah, not everything you can share on Instagram, sorry. And not every client is happy with you sharing things. And again, I've got to disrespect my client's privacy. With this new opportunity of having collaborating with a couple of brands, it's given me something to enjoy doing when I'm when I'm creating my content. And if you know me, you know I'm very big on alignment and I'm never going to share something with a brand that I don't want to share something with. I wouldn't engage in that and I wouldn't put myself in that position if I didn't want to. I have been enjoying creating a bit of content with some with some brands that I do love, that I do purchase from and that I do want to share with you guys because I like supporting other small businesses and I like them engaging with me to create content. Like it's making me feel so stoked about the way I create. Whilst on the topic of social media and pages and whatever, I have created just now a Facebook group page for us all, a safe space, let's call it, where you can come and join. We can share. Well, firstly, it's going to be a great opportunity for me to share like each week's episode, what we're talking about. Also, what's going on with like updates with the merch coming and just in general life updates, what we're doing each week outside our comfort zone, what you guys are doing. I want you to be comfortable enough to share you can obviously post anonymously and ultimately I just want it to be a safe space that we feel aligned we support each other if you want to share your story I want it to be something that people are going to respect and going to be able to feel inspired by we can empower each other we can lift each other up we can share something we might be struggling with something that might be triggering us give each other guidance Basically, this is meant to be a place where we can feel calm, comfortable and collective. So please join it if you feel like you will align being a part of the Facebook page. I think it would be a great place for us all to meet each other and hopefully in the future organize a gathering of sorts. So this week was full of milestones for me. I had been working at this goal for quite a few weeks now with the podcast and it was to hit 1,000 downloads and I think it's funny because like major podcasts hit that in their first five minutes of launching but you know it's just little Alyssa here and this is just a little side project I've been my passion project I've been working on with people in my community would probably be the only ones that know about it so it's been really new and I'm loving every second of the podcast but to hit that milestone was really big for me and really exciting and motivating and it's really taken it's it's really taken off since then (laughs) so yeah I'm so grateful that you guys are here listening and that you've been loyal supporters and that you like if you do go and share it with other people I'm so grateful for that because that's how we're broadening our audience because there's so many messages in this podcast that will relate to so many people on so many different walks of life 
male, female, non-binary, no matter what you do with your life, there is something for everybody in this podcast. I really want you to share it with others if you know it's going to impact somebody for the better. So thank you so much. Without you, I wouldn't be still doing this. So I'm so grateful. Another milestone I hit this week, again, slow burn, but I hit a thousand followers on AS Interior. And again, that's really nothing that I've ever been like that obsessed with or thought much about until I guess kind of recently when I've sort of seen it growing. And like I said earlier, like putting that effort into my social media. And it's just because I feel like I've taken it in a different approach lately. Like I've been way more authentic and I've made my content fun and, and interesting. And so yeah, the audience has grown. That's been great. And again, just loving meeting new people on there. It's such a great community. The power of the internet is amazing and how we can connect with so many like-minded people. And I guess I'm grateful that it's taken this long to build up that audience on social media because it's been with people who want to be there, want to follow me and want to see what I'm up to. So yeah, again, if you're a follower, I'm really grateful for your support and for just bloody being here. But today we're talking about renovations, living through the chaos of renovating. Let's get into it. You're definitely familiar now if this isn't the first episode you've listened to. I am an interior designer. I help people design their homes, renovate their homes, as well as renovate my own homes. So living in the renovation is something I'm quite familiar with and it's something I quite actually enjoy. It's quite chaotic. It's quite stressful. It's quite uncomfortable, but it's something I think worth experiencing. And with a lot of my clients who have lived through renovations, I can see how it's worked things that don't work and just give you a little bit of a push to be like don't let it hold you back because it's the thought of living through a renovation sounds awful and terrifying and look some people will swear by never living through a renovation but I think there's tools that you can put in place to ensure that your renovation journey goes as smoothly as possible to make it not feel like that difficult to live through because it's really it it can be but it really can be just a fun journey to be on. So I'm going to give you my tips on how to live through a reno. This obviously does depend on the scale of the project because if you're completely gutting a house all at once, then like have a tent in the backyard, I guess. But it's pretty self-explanatory that if you're going to renovate a property, doing it in stages is my biggest tip, first of all. Whether that's half a house, three quarters of a house or one room at a time, just doing it in parts so that at least at one point you always have a functioning bathroom, a functioning laundry or a functioning kitchen or whatever it is, like something always has to be functioning as a public space so that life can move on. (laughs) And by working out which stage to do first obviously depends on your priorities. So tip number one is staging, but also a priority list. Whenever you're buying a property or like the property that you're living in, you've you've decided you're going to go ahead and renovate, sit down as a collective, whoever is on the journey with you, whether it's just your partner, whether it's a builder, a designer, financial advisor, whatever it is, sit down 
and do your priority list. This helps you with your budget. It helps you with the scope of work. It helps everyone understand where you really need to do the work because obviously you're renovating for a reason. I'm guessing there's some things in the home or on the property that aren't working and they're probably going to be at the top of your priority list. So everyone knows that that can't be missed, that has to get done and what's going to be included in that budget-wise. Budget is obviously really important. We'll get into that. But just the priority list and thinking about functionality when it comes to priority lists. I'm not talking about I really need to have a gold kitchen tap. That isn't your number one thing, babe. It's not your number one thing. Your number one thing is the things that aren't working, the things that really need fixing, the things that aren't going to pass Australian standards, the things that wouldn't pass an occupancy permit if it was a new home, the things that seriously are damaging the house or that can't, other things can't happen if that thing hasn't been done. So to give you an example, the property I live in, in our holiday house is 1960s weatherboard home on stumps. So the very first thing we looked at doing on our home was re-stumping under the house because it was so unlevel and this is just something that people do not think about they don't realize it's a thing that needs to be done the leveling of a house is really crucial when it comes to renovating because you want to make sure that when you're putting new flooring in new cabinetry in like a new kitchen or what whatever it might be everything's got to be out of level so doing your floor leveling is crucial as a priority list on top of the priority list so that was our first move and although it's something that you have to throw a lot of money in and don't necessarily see aesthetically the benefit of that well you kind of do but it's definitely just one of those things that has to be done before anything else again when it comes to legalities we had a pool area that at the time looking back was really dodgy on the real estate marketing because they didn't include any photos of it and it wasn't until we renovate we sorry it wasn't until we went to view the property that we saw there was a pool in the backyard didn't have a fence around it and it was just a concrete hole in the ground it wasn't lined anymore it wasn't in use and we just looked at each other like what are we going to do with this so that was a decision we had to make really early on to either re-renovate the pool basically and get it working again and getting it registered and signed off and making sure it was all legal or do we cover it up and it was going to cost money either way so that was a contingency from the start making that decision and we decided to make use of having the pool the shell was already there so we got it relined put a fence around it and got it all checked off by a inspector and it was good to go so that was something we had got done really early on because by owning the property then we had only a certain amount of time to make sure we could get it registered and approved before we could maybe get in a lot of trouble so again when you're maybe talking to the real estate or in the process of purchasing a property if you are looking at the developing one is get a building surveyor to come out and look at those things and tell you what they need doing so that you know that you've got to follow legalities, get those things ticked off straight away before moving on to the reno. 
tip number two, of course, it's a bit boring, but it's the bougie. It's the budget, babe. Not only do you need to work out your budget for the stages and for what you want to spend on each part of the home, exterior, interior, all that fun stuff, but it's important to allow a contingency budget. Now, what does this mean? Basically, contingencies are unpredictable, unprecedented circumstances that you honestly just never know might happen, but it's when it comes to renovating, when it comes to building, whatever happens, happens, and someone has to pay for it at the end of the day. And whilst this might be like, you know, it's only reno, you might think we'll just go with the flow and pay for things as we go. It's probably the biggest time, like renos are the biggest time crucial events. So by if you have to like all of a sudden quickly change something or quickly pay for something to get it done then and there to move on throughout the journey, you've got to have the budget to do so because if you don't and you're like, fixed on what you're spending and something comes up unexpected something goes wrong and you don't have the budget or the funds to fix that then if you're living through a renovation and something goes pear-shaped you're going to be the one to suffer and your trades won't proceed unless they know that they're getting reimbursed for their work so please do yourself a favor budget accordingly and make sure that you have your contingency fund ready to go in an emergency because this can come up at any point like it might be when you're renovating a bathroom and you pull out like a wall and or like you know start pulling the plaster off to retile and all that stuff and bang there's a huge leak in the wall that no one knew was going to be there so much unpredictable stuff happens and nothing can prepare you for it as the biggest inspections can do their best but at the end of the day building sites aren't going to run smoothly let's say that again building sites aren't going to run smoothly with a clap building sites aren't going to run smoothly if you think they are you're dreaming like we always say life isn't always that fair and building sites are the best epitome of not being fair i've seen the best and the worst case scenarios trust me i've seen it all and so I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot and I know that things can go wrong at the worst time. So be prepared. I don't want to just like, I'm not saying this to shut you down or to turn you away from building and renovating. I'm just saying preparation is key. And that takes me to tip number three, which is preparation. We've done our priorities. We've done our budget. Now it's time to prepare. This is very important if you want to make sure everything goes on a really quick timeline. If you're on a pretty chill, flexible schedule and things are just going to happen effortlessly when they do and your trades are chill with that, you're chill with that, then preparation is important but probably not a priority. But if you are on a tight time frame, your trades on tight time frame and you want this done as quick as possible because you can't bear the thought of living through the thick of it, then preparation is what's going to save you time and money. So the best way to be prepared is to get someone to help you. Do not expect to be able to do this all on your own. Nobody can do this on their own. That's why construction sites and construction teams are full of multiple different people. It's a bit of a self-plug, but a designer is really key in a project in order to help you be prepared. They're really understanding of a builder's requests and how the process works and at what stages they need particular things so that everything goes 
as smooth as possible. Having things left undecided, not on site, not selected, it's not going to help anyone and the plumber, the electrician, the plasterer, no one's going to know what they're doing because you haven't made a decision from the start because you haven't had a professional there to help you make the decision. You've kind of just thought we're renovating, we're going to get into it and you get into it before you've made any decision and you're not prepared. Getting a designer on board is going to have someone keep you, I guess, moving through the stages, going to keep you two steps ahead of what you need to be at because going to say something stereotypical but tradies aren't always the best at communicating good tradies are great at it but they're so busy that they'll probably text you like you know the weekend before they're coming and saying on Monday we're going to be there at 7 a.m and it's Sunday and you're going to be like shit I don't have this this and this ready for you because you aren't prepared if you have a designer on board they can see the scope of works and how things are progressing and at what point they're needing to order things get things ready for you tell you when you need to make the decision now which all should really happen well and truly before you begin a project in a dream world but renovations do allow for a bit more flexibility in my opinion and I guess at the end of the day life's too short to bloody make the wrong decision not that it ever will be and things are never permanent when it comes to building and renovating remember that it's just crucial to be prepared at least a week before something's going to happen on site. You don't want to be the one to hold things up as the client. I've seen it firsthand. The client has tried to organize things and they've, they're not the professional at it. And so things end up going pear-shaped and they look like the dodo because they're the ones that's tried to organize something instead of the builder or the tradie or the designer. And so here we all are standing there. I was about to say a really inappropriate sentence, but you know what tradies do when they don't have much to do so everyone looks at each other like well what do we do now because you hadn't had the right things prepared we know how busy trades people are and so when they are on site they want to use their time wisely they want to get in get out no one wants to hold up a project they want to get paid they want to get on to their next project so whenever you're thinking oh my god they don't want to turn up they don't want to get their work done they're flat out it's as simple as that and when they get there, they want everything to be ready to go so that they can get in and get it done. So what do you need to do to get prepared? Well, you need to have made your decision. Create again or go back to your priority list. You're moving through the rooms now. You're moving through the stages. So let's just say you know that next week your plumber is coming for the roughing stage. What a plumber needs at roughing stages is all your plumbing fixtures. They need to know what how things are going to get mounted so that they can rough in accordingly. For example, if you're having a vanity in your bathroom and it's floating and then you've got a stone bench top and then you have a basin that's sitting on top of the bench top, so top mounted, and then you're having a tap that comes out of the wall, they need to know all those things so that everything gets put at the right height, at the right spot. You know, the plumbing is in the wall before the plaster and insulation, all that stuff happens. Because once it's further on and you just say at this point you hadn't made that decision, you your plumber's going to put things where they think it's going to be. And then later on, you're going to be like, oh, actually, no, we're just putting it here. We're putting the tap in the sink and we're putting the sink in the bench. If you haven't made those decisions, it can really impact a lot of things. 
Same goes for which side of the bench your laundry trough is going to go on. I've had that in a project and as long as these things get picked up if they are done wrong whilst it's still rough in, then that's fine. But having all that stuff there ready for your plumber so that they can see themselves with their own eyes, what you're having, where it's going, then they will do everything right. And even though you might not have it on site, it's best if you do, but if you not don't have it on site, at least have the specs there for your tradie so that they can see exactly how things need to be mounted and at what heights are standard and all that stuff then they're going to just like follow the paperwork that's all they really need if you can have the things on site the fixtures and fittings available bang you're organized you're prepared they're happy you're going to be happy same goes for uh getting your electrician on site if you don't know where your light's going to be or like, again, you might not have made exactly the decision of what exact rattan pendant is going over your dining table, but you'd know that you're having one pendant or two pendants over your dining table, three over your island, four down lights there, two down lights there, the hallway needs sensor lights, whatever you're adding in. Again, you don't have to have everything there. Like they're not hanging the light that day at rough in stage but they need to know where to bloody put the wiring so that when the plaster goes on, they're, they're screwing the hole in the wall in the right spot and everything's going to light up. Preparation, preparation is key. It's, it's getting all those things organised for the roughing stage so that when it comes to fit-off stage, all the holes in the cheese line up. My fourth tip, this is like with anything building, renovating, designing. If you're doing it with your partner, it's different if you're on your own, but if you're doing it with a partner or I guess a group of people, like if you're in an investment together, it's really important that it's clear who the decision maker is. It sounds like a weird thing to say, I know, but at the end of the day, ultimately, if you if you know that one person's more in-depth in the project than the other, that person obviously wants to make the decisions. Why are you going to rely on the other person to make decisions? I'm sure that if you're doing this in a relationship, you're in a couple, you're in a marriage, whatever it might be, you know your strengths and weaknesses. Or if this is like a business partnership or, you know, an investor partnership, whatever it might be, you will know who's stronger at different elements someone's going to make more financial decisions someone's going to make more design decisions someone's going to make more decisions involved in organizing and liaising trades everyone plays a different part when it comes to a project and as a couple or as a group it's important that you make that decision who makes the decisions everyone obviously gets their say gets their opinion but at the end of the day it's one person who who liaises with that decision and says yep this is what it is this is what we're having and it's who's having the communication with the trades at hand so I know when I'm working with my clients that I definitely find out early on how their partner feels with the decisions that we're doing because I want them to be included of course like it's important they're included in the project and I try and make sure that they're involved and that I tell them what's going on if they're there and they're in the meeting and everything is evenly distributed and I make sure that they know what's going on so that at the end of the day I don't want to be like getting in trouble by the partner because I've allowed something to happen that I didn't think they were agreeing to so 
I think that's yeah really important that you know who's going to making who's going to be making the decisions. It's great for me as a trade to know who I'm communicating with and who I'm asking for when I need the final say. And whilst there's the decision maker, there has to be the polar opposite, which is the person who's just gone with the flow. They of course their their decision matters, their opinion matters, what they want matters, but at the end of the day, they just have to surrender and go with the flow. When it comes to something else in life, they get to take the reins on it. But for now, this is the thing where they get to sit back and watch the other person take control over and trust in that person that's making the decisions. That's the biggest thing is the trust. Don't be sitting back there angry about everything that the partner's doing. Like um, I'm hoping not that that's not what's happening because you're in for a long nightmare. But in my family, my dad is the decision maker and my mum is the go with the flower when it comes to preparing a project like this with our renovations, with our builds, whatever it is. Um, probably because I'm more involved as well that mum just kind of lets me take control. So um, actually, maybe am I, am I the decision maker in our family? Perhaps. Nah, it's definitely dad. He gets the say. But he's the one who is organising it a lot of the time and he's doing it a lot of the time because he is a jack of all trades. So but basically we're pretty clear in our family who has what responsibility so that a project can go as smoothly as possible. And again, it was because they knew their role and their responsibility in the project. Smooth sailing. Another tip is knowing who your trades are and trying to like obviously it's important to get trades that you know are good and reputable but if you're living through a renovation these people are coming into your home at very early hours of the day and they're going to see you in some states I'm telling you right now if you know trades and you have friends who are trades try and use them when you're doing a home renovation that you're living through. It makes it feel a lot more comfortable. It makes you be a lot more chill about the person coming in and out of your home because obviously you want to trust that person who's coming in and out of the home you and your family are in. Knowing that and having that good relationship with them is really key because then you're going to make sure that you feel chill about it and that they, I guess, are going to be respecting your space whilst they are renovating it. This too allows for you to have a bit more of a relaxed conversation if things are going a little bit off track, such as can you please make sure that you're tidying up when you leave at the end of the day because we're still living in this home and your boys just or you know your team need to be taking care of this and that, like just please be a bit more mindful of that. You can probably have that conversation a lot more easier with someone you know rather than a complete stranger. And again, you might be thinking, well, I have no idea of any tradies, like I'm not at all familiar with that I wouldn't know who to call I just like google it all again this is when it's really key to bring on people early on in the project like a designer or a drafty because they and like an architect and stuff they will have connections and they will have people that they use time and time again like I definitely have my particular cabinet makers my particular window installers my particular electrician plumber you name it, I've got someone on call, Tyler's, whatever it is, I will just be like, if you need someone, let me know and I will have a trade for everything you could think of and not just a trade, a good trade. 
when we've been renovating our house um, at my parents' home, we were like getting the kitchen done and getting the flooring resanded and all this stuff. I was just like, let me suggest this person. Let me suggest that person. Like my parents were trying to sort of organize trades a bit themselves. And I said, can I just suggest this person? And bang, 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 everyone I suggested came to the party with a bottle in hand. Like it was bang on. And I know I'm drilling it in and saying not everything goes smoothly but this renovation went so smoothly and I definitely just think it's because I had so much confidence in the trades because of the network I have and because of my relationships with them and connection like it's at the end of the day a lot of that saying is it's not what you know it's who you know and by engaging with the right people in your project like a designer they know a lot of people and they see a lot of things and they know your vision too so they're going to make sure that they're going to line you up with the right trade for the job they're not going to source somebody they know you can't do what you want they're going to do their best to find the right trade who aligns with you who aligns with the project who's going to fulfill the vision that is at hand and that's the beauty of knowledge and and trust that comes with investing in that designer. They've got the time, they've got this experience, they've they've got the network, simple as that. This next one might go hand in hand with preparation, but it's really key and it's preparing the space by decluttering. You're going to be moving a lot of stuff around when you have a renovation, especially if you're pulling out like old rooms, old cabinetry, that stuff, everything in it is going to have to go somewhere and you need to at least have prepared an, another room, a storage unit, something somewhere to put all your stuff if you are going to plan on bringing it back into the newly renovated space. But if not, if you're just going to be getting new stuff and you just need to like get it out of the way, you just should declutter very early on because... <laughs> It's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be such a nightmare if you're trying to move all this really fragile stuff around your house as you're moving through the stages of a reno. Everything's going to feel cluttered, overwhelming. It's not going to be enjoyable. It's not going to be nice to look at. And you're already going through, I guess, an uncomfortable era of your life living through the renovation. So you don't want to have all this unnecessary stuff that's holding dead weight in your home. Go to the op shop, take it, have a garage sale, burn it, do whatever you need to do, get rid of the stuff that no longer serves you and it's not going to be beneficial to be in your home during a renovation. Get rid of it, let it go. Making like Letting go of the old is making room for the new and it's time to part ways with it. Like If you've made the decision to renovate this, you pretty much have made the decision that you can let go of all these old things in your home. Again, it just makes it more exciting for the new stuff to come in and you've got the space, you've got the clean energy and it's going to make everyone's life easier. Planning your public work stations within your home, community spaces, public and community. Well, these aren't the right words, Alyssa. Basically, if you're doing a kitchen renovation, you're going to be without a kitchen. So planning ahead of what you need to survive whilst no longer having a kitchen, whether that is having a barbecue available and in a location that you can access, preparing your meals and your groceries accordingly, putting your fridge in a space where you can still have it working so that you can still have access to cold food, having 
a microwave, having a kettle, having a toaster, being able to use your laundry if that's a space you have handy. That's what we do and that's what a lot of people do if they're renovating their kitchen. Don't be renovating your laundry at the same time because that's most likely going to be the room that can become your kitchen where you can have all these appliances. Have a slow cooker, have a microwave, you have a sink, you have what you need and yeah, that's just so, it's kind of a no-brainer but I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think about it and yeah. I mean, same time, I've lived with a kettle on the lounge room floor before so I've seen it all but yeah that's a pretty obvious one is planning your preparation areas perhaps well and truly ahead of the game and having a conversation with your family members or household members who's going to be living in the renovation and what to prepare themselves for we don't want to be having fights we don't want to be having clashing confrontation there's already so much edginess going on when you're when you're dealing with people coming in and out of your home and the last thing you want is for people to just like be angry at each other it's like you need to all know what's happening when it's happening and who needs to be like on site at what time to make sure this trade can come in and whatever or when to like not be there Um, or if there is people in your household that can like go and stay with somebody else during the reno if it's going to make life easier having less people in the home whatever you can do do it whether it's having a caravan that you go and live in you know at the end of the day it's something that's going to be super temporary it's a small period of your life it's something that you just have to sort of accept if you've made the decision to do the reno you've made the decision that life is going to be a little bit less luxurious for some time but you've just got to think about the end result and the end end result is going to be way better than what you've ever had so it's something to look forward to it's about enjoying the journey enjoying the process the highs the lows the cold water the hot water the no water the no power the rat infestation when you've had holes in the walls holes in the floors it's all a journey and it's something that you only might go through once in your life if you do a renovation and you're going to look back and think that was actually so fun like it was a nightmare it was hard it was cold but it was fun because we just had to live with bare minimum and at the end of the day that's a bloody privilege if you have to live off your kitchen if you have to live off your laundry bench for a couple of weeks while you get a new kitchen that's a privilege that is a luxury so enjoy it for what it is have fun with it relax into it it's just like you're on a long-term camping journey and it's not for the faint-hearted so if you don't think you can handle it please don't do it don't complain about it don't whinge about it it's not going to be smooth it's not going to be easy but the more prepared you are the more easygoing you are about it the way you just surrender to the process and accept things for as they are, have a good communication with your trade and construction team, your designer, everyone involved, knowing what's going on when it's happening and keeping everyone who lives in the home up to date with that process is just basically how it's all going to run as smoothly as possible and prepare yourself as much as you can. It's basically like preparing yourself that you're not going to have access to like anything because in any time you might not have power, you might not have the water turned on. So it's just being prepared for literally any worst case scenario like that. And like I said, 
enjoy it for what it is. It might only happen once and once you get that end result and you're living back in your home as per normal with this beautiful new kitchen and beautiful new bathroom and new bedrooms, you're going to look back and think, oh, I could almost do that all again. I hope so because renovating is fun, okay? Building is fun and it's very much a first world luxury that we that we get to experience if we do get to experience that it can be done on a budget it can be done extravagantly and it's just about making it making sure it's going to align with you and don't do something that doesn't feel right don't do something because somebody else is doing it ensure that what you're doing is aligning and is going to be authentic as I always say and just giddy up strap in Yeehaw, yippee ki yay. It's going to be a wild ride. But if you need any help along the way, I'm right here with you. And you can do this. Happy renovating!